You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Welcome to Webcology here on, on Cranberry.fm. It's the 23rd of March, 2017. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And uh, we have, it was one of those weeks. We have like more news than we have time for this week. We don't have a guest, but we have a hell of a lot to talk about. Um, we should really just jump right in. Let's do it. Did you, uh, did you see that article from, from the next web that was published yesterday, um, Facebook Demographics? I hadn't until you sent it through right before the show, so take us through it. What's, uh, what are we reading? Okay, well, we're reading some, um, some actually some uh, kind of startling ideas that have, that have been published by the next web. Um, Simon Campadago looked at... Uh, Facebook's reported demographics and um, the demographics of, of, of other social media platforms and came up with a number of um, interesting conclusions. The most interesting of which is, did you know that there are actually more 18-year-old males using Facebook than there are 18-year-old males living on Earth today? <laughs> That's okay. That's that's uh, that's a curious statistic. It is, um, but remember, you set your own birth date in Facebook, yeah. so there could be you know that proverbial forty-eight-year-old uh, plumber from Pittsburgh could be that hot eighteen-year-old guy that is you know being um, uh, stalked on on Facebook. Oh, indeed. And I think there's, you know, to get around, um, you know, sort of the, the security sides of things as well. I think a lot of people that are under the age of majority um, have their profile set up for, say, YouTube 
at 18 or over, right? Because it allows you access to more content. So I, I do get it and I, I see where that is, but uh, you know, it's, it's amazing how easy it is to do that. Absolutely. Now, here's something that's even more amazing. When you think of Facebook, you, you, you normally think of just the, uh, the desktop or the um, mobile phone application where you get to leave a look at the news feed and um, talk with friends about politics or pictures of cats, right? Yeah. There's, ac- there's actually um, two Facebooks. One is the traditional Facebook. The other is Facebook Messenger, and they're completely separate applications. Um, Facebook Messenger is the uh, messaging arm of Facebook that, that, that runs for mobile devices. Mm-hmm. Okay, check this out. Facebook itself, according to, um, to Hootsuite, numbers published in uh, January of 2017 by, by Hootsuite, um, Facebook itself has 1,871,000,000 users. Facebook Messenger has just over a billion users. Combine it, and you have nearly 3 billion people. Although, again, I imagine many of the people with uh, a Facebook Messenger account also have a Facebook account. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's almost 3 billion unique identified users in just in the Facebook universe. Yeah. I think that, according to the UN, there's just shy of 7.5, million, 7.5 billion people on Earth. So that's just about 40% of all people on Earth are somehow involved in Facebook. Yeah, no, I know. That's a, a remarkable statistic. Now, here's one that's going to weird you out. What do you think, you know, take, getting out of the Facebook universe, what do you think the uh, second largest of the, the social networks or messaging networks are? Google Plus. No. <laughs> no even close. <laughs> WhatsApp is the, is the second largest with uh, just over a billion users followed by YouTube, uh, QQ, WeChat, QZone, and Instagram. Uh, Tumblr, Twitter, and uh, Pinterest are barely in the top ten. And that I did find interesting. Um, Twitter being as low on that list as it was um, is surprising. I mean, that's, that's that's a significant number of users, don't get me wrong, um, coming in at, uh, at over half a billion, but um, to be, yeah, relative, like to be beaten by WhatsApp by so much, is, it, it was surprising to me. Well, what was most surprising to me was when, 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 I, when I looked at this chart, it occurred to me what a North American bubble I live in. Because I'm thinking, you know, Facebook, number one, um, Twitter, number two, G+, possibly number three. Um, not considering Snapchat, Weibo, um, Sorry, I guess Snapchat is just kind of North America, but not not considering things like WeChat, QZone, QQ, um, Baidu, uh, 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 ones I've never heard of, um, some Russian ones. And the reason, excuse me, the reason I mention it is we're moving into a more social-driven universe. Um, And even though... (laughs) You know, even though our politics may be going isolationist, our world is still, you know, as marketers, we're still highly connected to, um, you know, people all around the world. 
and we have products that are international products that we market, and we don't think of some what 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 might be incredible venues. That's a really good point, and that's where these kind of statistics can be as valuable as they are, is forcing us, just like you called it there, and it's like I'm seeing people on that list that are beating Twitter that I had no idea existed. And it's like, okay, there's an eye-opener, exactly like you said. Like That's a really good point, and, and why these statistics are so valuable for us. Hello, do you hear me yet? I hear you. Okay. Uh, minor technical difficulties on my end. My ISP, uh, Rogers Communication, is um, faking it today. All apologies. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, as, as I was going to say, I mean, you know, you might be trying to reach somebody in uh, in Eastern Europe or uh, in in Russia or Turkey or whatever with, with the product that you're marketing, and you don't even think of obvious venues. Or many that would be perfectly obvious to somebody who, say, you know, lived in Russia or lived in Turkey. Um, anyway, something to keep keep an eye on. Um, stepping outside of our North American bubble and remembering that there's a hell of a lot of other tools in use out there. Indeed. Um, this might surprise you, but uh, Corey, again, according to Hootsuite. Um, and looking at the gender breakdown of, uh, of, of, of Facebook users, far more male than female um, by a wide percentage, in fact. Uh, there's, we'll look at the all-important 18 to 24-year-old demographic, 330 million uh, males, 231 females. 25 to 34 year old, 213 males versus 220 females, um, and so on and so on as you go on through the demographics. So Facebook is slants male. That might explain some of the aggression. <laughs> I, I was actually surprised by that. Uh, I'll be honest. I, I just naturally went with a uh, with the assumption that there was a, a larger um, female population. I don't know why. But, yeah, I mean, this is just the sort of ignorance of assumptions, right? Because um, I just sort of assumed and never questioned it and, and was completely wrong. And, again, another valuable point about, about getting these sort of statistics. Well, again, I'm, I'm guessing it was the, uh, the, the, the pictures of cats that, that, that threw you. <laughs> but, uh, Could, as you said, the importance of knowing this. Um, when thinking of, of where to spend your client's money, you got to look really closely at who you're spending it on. And I'll just say this nicely. Um, while you can sort of tr almost entirely trust Facebook's stated numbers as guidelines, I'm not so sure you can actually trust them as gospel. Um, either through... Um, mismeasuring mis or outright fibbing, um, Facebook has been known to put out flaky statistics in the past uh, to inflate the user statistics. So, I don't know, that's one of the reasons I was, I was happy to see these numbers come out from Hootsuite because now it's a third party doing reporting on Facebook. Yeah, I mean, you bring up, I, I think... To your point, we're, we're looking at, you need to look at this sort of data from Facebook, from any of the social networks, similar to the way we would look at, say, Keyword Planner for, for AdWords. 
um, which is it's it's a source of data, but it's lying to you, and that's fine. <laughs> you need to know it's lying, um, and then you can sort of progress from there and understand that what you're looking at isn't a real picture of the world, um, but it's it's a picture of the world. Um, take it with a grain of salt and and get moving forward from uh, from there and and actually start learning from your real data and, and your real tests. Okay, uh, moving on. Google is going to be reporting its uh, its first quarter soon. Um, well, the end of the first quarter is the end of. Uh, end of this month. So they should be reporting on their first quarter numbers sometimes uh, towards the end of April. Mm -hmm. And these numbers are going to be interesting this year because, well, we expect to see a fairly significant drop in uh, advertising revenues for Google after AT&T, Johnson & Johnson, and several other uh, large-scale or blue-chip American advertisers pulled out of Google and YouTube because Google will not guarantee their ads don't appear alongside extremist videos. So, well, you know, extremist videos like, you know, crazies from the far right and crazies who put up, you know, jihadist, racist, or... Um, hate-directed videos. Well, Google won't guarantee that your ads won't appear alongside these videos, and so many advertisers are just sort of pulling back out of fear that their ads actually might appear beside these videos. Yeah, and fair enough. Right? I mean, you don't want your, your brand, like if you're a large brand especially, you don't, you don't want your brand associated with that um, until Google can get a better handle on it, and I do believe they will, but until they can get a better handle on it, um, you know they're well, they're going to continue to lose. Here's, yeah, I remember seeing this story and actually feeling a little bit vindicated because um, I forget how long it was. It, was, it might have been even ten years ago. I did a story called "Meandering the uh, Meandering." Oh my goodness, I can't even remember the name of my own story. And it was a damn good name too. Um, <laughs> "Meandering the Values of Goog and Evil." When. Um, Google was serving up ads for jihadist and uh, Iraqi insurgent groups. Right. Um, and we proved the story a couple times over. It was, a, it was a web, an old webmaster radio story. Well, this is the same story. Slightly different take on it, but it's, it's relatively the same story. Um, so when Google says that they can't get a handle on it or, or that it's taking time to get a handle on it. I wonder why. Um, I, I remember being offended that, you know, click money might be going into bullets that were coming back in the, in the bodies of, you know, Canadian and American service personnel. Um, well, this is the same sort of thing here. It is the same sort of thing. I think their challenge here is going to be, Uh, you know, play devil's advocate here, and it's not that often I come to Google's defense on something, but um, on this one, I think their 
problem technically is going to be a lot bigger than what they were dealing with then. I remember the story actually you're talking about, like I remember your writing of the story. I remember the issue we were facing at the time. Um, and a lot of that for our listeners who weren't there 10 years ago um, had to do with, you know, sort of insurgent as, you know, ISIS, the version of ISIS at the time, um, you know, basically yeah, like profiting off AdSense and stuff. Yeah, that was, that was a good way to do it. Um, you know, profiting off AdSense and generating revenue from it. Here, I think part of the problem, part of the technical challenge that they're going to be facing um, is actually understanding all of the content on a, on a higher level, like technically on a more difficult level than they were back then. Um, I mean, you're, you're spot on that essentially the problem is the same. Uh, but I think looking in, it's not just, hey, we can judge this AdSense person. Um, but they actually, on a vast scale, need to be able to understand what might be considered you know, negative, right? In, in a very different context <laughs> as it relates to a YouTube video. Um, I mean, and, and, and we all have our, you know, there's some universal general guidelines we can all go under, but there, you know there's going to be some real subtleties um, that one person might find offensive and another person wouldn't, right? I mean, heck, I can be offended by something, Jim, that you wouldn't be, right? Like, and, and we're fairly similar. I think we can agree on all the common things that would offend us. Um, you know, certainly to a point where I'd go, I don't want my ad on that site. Um, but there will be some subtleties, I think, when we're dealing with, um, you know, large companies, um, especially that, that might make it more difficult um, for them. And I won't get into some of them, but there are sort of controversial issues that some companies would be totally fine having their ads on and some controversial issues that would be a nightmare for them. And then there's going to be a bunch of videos or content that are on sites that don't focus on that, a Huffington Post article, but that subtly are talking about something that somebody may or may not be vehemently objectionable um, about. So yeah, I think they're, they're in for a different challenge than they used to be on this specific point technically in understanding what's going on, but I, I do think they'll get a handle on it as really it's as machine learning gets better. And with the API we talked about last week, understanding video content a little better as that evolves I think they'll do a lot better at this job. Yeah. Um, they will hope they do again as, uh, you know, some, some fairly major advertisers are <laughs> pulling away from them. And this, is, this is big coin. Like, this, is, this, coin. Isn't, this isn't a couple bucks here and there. This is like millions, billions of dollars, well, millions and millions of dollars. So we shall see with that. Um, speaking of advertising, uh, advertising <laughs> revenues, and I can assure you, we don't have uh, any Nargity ads whatsoever. Um, we've got to take a break here on, on WebCology on Cranberry.fm, uh, run some ads, and uh, come back in a few minutes. So, on behalf of Dave Davis, you should be talking into the marketing. This is Jim Hatcher from Digital Always Media. You're listening to WebCology on Cranberry.fm on the 23rd of March, 2017, and we're back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. 
Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Cranberry Radio is your new destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Get educated and entertained by our panel of on-air experts and peers. And engage with us anytime by following us on Twitter, Facebook, Google+, and LinkedIn. So you can reach us before and after every program. Located on our new social shareable live streaming player. Access the new Cranberry Radio live stream player at our website, cranberry.fm. Content for your ears and everything in between. Cranberry.fm. Webcology takes you to the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on Granbury.fm. It is the 23rd of March, 2017. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And, uh, hey Dave, do you remember like a webmaster radio, a uh, search bash? Um, stepping out on Broadway, we had a, uh, one of those large Times Square signs with the, uh, uh, old webmaster radio uh, colors and, and and logo. I know what you're talking uh, about. Rented a Broadway theater and had this remarkable, remarkable party. Yeah, that was, I believe, ten years ago today. Oh wow! Okay, now I'm here today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that was uh, 2007 at an SMX West. Oh, sorry, that's an East. That was uh, be, then being held in uh, in the uh, early spring in New York. Um, I remembered that because SMX West is happening right now in uh, in uh, in Silicon Valley, and they also had a great party. <laughs> they also had a great party last night. There was a Google dance, and uh, images have been filtering out across Facebook. Unfortunately, I'm not in. Uh, in uh, uh, California right now. Um, not even, are, are you? I don't even think you're in Victoria right now. No, no, I'm in Whistler. Um, but but <laughs> you're not in California either, in San Jose no. either. Nope. Uh, uh, it's a well, shame because it is a fun party and it is a great event. Yeah. And there hasn't been one for, well, there was one last year, but last year was the first one in like so many years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, nice to see, it's nice to see Google's doing that again. Yeah. Um, 
But you know what the good Google give us? The good Google might take us away. <laughs> they give us with one hand and they take us away with another. And actually, this is your story. This is one that, that, that you put into the news stream with uh, a little note underneath it reading, this pisses me off. <laughs> Close variance now connects more people with what they're looking for. This is a headline quote directly out of um, uh, AdWords' Google blog. Uh, came fr- came last Friday, March 17th. So the leprechauns over at Google were writing last week, and they kicked you off with closed variants. Um, well, first of all, what are closed variants, and, and, and what does that consist you off about? Well, closed variants aren't a thing. <laughs> I mean, they are. They, they, they actually are, but let's... let's what they're applying close variance, and then, okay, essentially what a close variant is, is it's when Google assumes something is close enough to be considered the same. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what we're referring to in this great big announcement for them is its application into exact match. So, what they're saying, and I, I love this title, close variance now connects more people with what they're looking for. What they mean by more people is people at Google and their shareholders. And what they mean by looking for is ad revenue from invalid clicks. <laughs> so what essentially they're doing now, I mean, it didn't really bother me, but let's, like when they made their first round of doing this. And essentially to me, I mean, I, I didn't love it. When I think of the word exact, and maybe I'm just being nitpicky and technical here, but the word exact to me means exact. It means I'm choosing a thing based on specifically what it is. So when I say I want to bid on a term blue widgets, I mean I want to t- bid on a term blue widgets, plural with the color blue. <laughs> not singular, where I might want different ads, or for my own reasons, I may not want to bid on it at all. Well, in their last batch of close varianting, they sort of skewed that and plurals were counting and stuff. But what I really hate that they're doing now in their effort to help you, the advertiser, reach more people without the ability to shut this little gem off, is that they're now counting the order as sort of optional, so it could be widgets blue instead, um, and adding in some sort of negative or, or irrelevant words in between. So this is leading to samples in my brain where if I was at Google and I entered a query like fun reading, I'm probably looking for a book or, or piece of content that's going to be enjoyable, fun reading. If I entered in a query like reading is fun, it's going to be treated exactly the same, but it actually has a completely different intent. But if you look at what they're doing now, it would be treated and your ad would still display, even though the actual intent, and I mean, there's, there's many others, but I'm, I'm sticking with a safe for work one. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of, of samples where, where you can see that, where it's actually a completely different thing, and I wouldn't want my ad there. But in their effort to get your ads in front of more people, um, it's now going to show. Now, my concern here isn't just that my ad may get some invalid clicks, which, which is obviously a, a concern, but is also that I'm now going to be judged. Like my quality scores, my click-through rates, all of my stats are going to be skewed by my ad appearing on pages or for queries that are completely irrelevant to what I'm actually doing. So it, it really does bother me. I hate this one. And I was going to note exactly that. Don't, don't you think that after um, 
a couple of weeks of completely wonked out click-through rates because that's the first thing that's going to happen. Well, and I, I think that's a valid point. And for our, our listeners who may not be, you know, might be running AdWords campaigns but not able to, to really dig in, you can get your actual query data. So understanding that your click-through rate for your true exact match is, is right if you, if you get out of the views of, of just looking at, at sort of the, the global metrics and actually start to drill down. But you're going to need to drill down to actually see when you see your click-through rate dropping um, what is this caused by? You're now going to need to drill down and actually go, okay, what is it relative to what I used to call exact match versus what they're now calling exact match, which again is, is completely different and is no longer actually, as far as I'm concerned, exact. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how long Google keeps this, keeps uh, this close variant, um, I'm not going to call it a program, but keeps close variants going because Again, as you said, um, as it starts screwing up the advertisers, it starts, starts messing up um, your click-through rates or your uh, quality score or, you know, or, or user retention. Somebody goes to uh, your landing page, finds out that it's totally not what they were looking for, mm-hmm. and they're gone. Um, as you said, you're being measured by that. I don't, I don't think that uh, close variance is going to last for a, for a heck of a long time or they will refine how it gets applied. Yeah, yeah, that'll be necessary. Um, but again, how, how they're going to refine that and what that's going to look like, and, and can you, as the paying advertiser, trust that? Well, that's, you know, that's, we're going to see that over time, eh? Yeah, oh, indeed, indeed. Um, and yeah, do they allow some refinement? That would be, that would change my, my game. Although I wouldn't, I still wouldn't like that by default, um, things, but as long as I could go in and go, okay, you know, negative on reading is fun. I just want fun reading, right? Like with those sorts of things, yes, that, that could be better. Do they start to allow that sort of refinement? Um, you know, that'll, that'll be interesting to, to see as, as things progress, but, um, yeah. All right. Next, uh, next story. Where, I don't know. Where do you want to go, Jim? We've just got so many, so many, uh, so many well, interesting story. stories. Okay. Uh, Here's a good one we can do in a couple of minutes before we have to go to break. Um, there's a lot of marketers out there who are working with people in the cultural, the sports, or the entertainment sectors. Mm-hmm. And these, these uh, websites in these sectors are notoriously hard to place unless you know, you're doing a brand search. So say, just for the sake of argument, you have an NFL football team like the Miami Dolphins as your client. Getting a uh, placement for, say, NFL football team, well, you know, you may or may not get that. You'll you'll almost certainly get it for the Miami Dolphins because, heaven knows, you are the Miami Dolphins, right? Right. Now, imagine we're moving into a uh, a world of voice search and a world with much smaller screens, right? Right. Um trying to make the right connection for, again, the, uh, the cultural or entertainment or sports searches. Well, I guess, I guess Google's been having a, a little difficulty, again, given that we're in a voice search world and, and people are searching on smaller screens. And so in a program that's being tested in the U.S. and Brazil, uh, Google Posts gives... Uh, Museums, movies, musicians, sports groups, etc., 
a dedicated space in search, um, opening a carousel, actually, um, when uh, certain search queries are, 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 are Day morning, Danny Sullivan covers, um, he uses the, the search query Henry Ford Museum and comes up with uh, a search result that shows the Henry Ford Museum and um, three direct uh, posts from Henry Ford-related entities, one of which is the Henry Ford Theater, the other is a library, and the third is uh, uh, a, a museum of Henry Ford's patents. So again, if you have these these uh, uh, cultural, sports, or entertainment clients, take advantage of this new space that you've been given, because um, you'll... Am I still on the air? You're back. I'm back. Wow. How much of that did you hear? Just a second. It, it was literally just a second. So um, you were just at the part and great advice. Um, if you are running one of these types of entities, um, museums, um, you know, movie theaters, et cetera, um, you know, or, or you have clients in it, you really need to pay attention to this. This is some extra real estate. Um because we're talking about AdWords, or, or we were earlier, uh, one of my pet peeves on this one is, hey, once again, <laughs> it's it's just something else that will now drive um, commercial organic listings further down, uh, further down the page. So, and I, I can't help but assume that that is part of part of the intent. Yeah, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I'm not so sure that Google wants to kill organic listings entirely, although um, you know, it doesn't make any money off organic listings. It doesn't make any money off of uh, Google Posts either. One thing it does do is it keeps control of the content. Um, this isn't content that would be coming off of your server. This is content that you, the, uh, you, the marketer, are uploading directly to Google servers. So, again, using the Miami Dolphins as an example, you're still the, uh, the, the digital marketer for the Miami Dolphins, but you're uploading content to Google servers under, the, under your, your Miami Dolphins account. So Google controls the content. It may be making money on advertisements shown alongside that content, but it's not making money directly on, on the uh, real estate in the search results themselves. Very true. Um, maybe it is trying to kill the organic. I don't know. Again, I'm not sure. <laughs> um, in a voice voice search driven universe, I'm not sure what organic results look like anyway, right? <laughs> I know it gets very difficult. Um, speaking of things that are difficult, we ought to take a break. We have some technical difficulties. Uh, that sounds like a really good segue in my mind. <laughs> um, but we really should take a break. Uh, we're going to try to come back with the third segment of uh, Webcology here on Cranberry.fm on the 23rd of March, 2017. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Stick around. We're hoping to be back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. 
Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. How much are your best ideas worth? PriorThings.com gives you an added layer of protection for all of your intellectual property, ideas, and creative things. New business idea, pitch deck, PowerPoint presentation, song lyrics, source code, killer blog posts. We help you protect it all. How do we do it? We use the same technology platform that secures transactions for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Learn more at PriorThings.com. Check out exclusive listener pricing for Cranberry Radio listeners by going to bit.ly slash Founders Circle. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Cranberry, Cranberry Radio. We're everywhere. Find our shows on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and anywhere you download your podcasts. Pick out some new favorite podcasts now. All right, everybody. Um, pardon for the uh, for the little technical difficulties there. Um, this is Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing uh, here with kind of a cutting in and out Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Um, I'm going to get to uh, dictate what uh, what route we're going here. Uh, so I'm going to we're going to be chatting about Google Maps. Um, for those who don't know, they started rolling out a, a new feature yesterday. We just have to love this. Um, basically, it's location monitoring. So now, for, for those who don't know and for those who have kids they'd like to really be tracking, um, you can have a sh- new share location function turned on. Um, require- basically, uh, setting it's, it's being built as a, hey, I can share my location where I am at all times. I can just turn this function on, and now I'm sharing it. And you can even set a time that it will turn itself off. Um, interesting feature, and I think that could be handy if I was touring around um, another city, for example, or, or whatnot, and wanted people to, to be able to know where I am um, at all times. Some of the big privacy concerns that are coming up with this, though, um, are, are pretty obvious. They have to do with, well, what if you accidentally forget um, that this thing is turned on um, and you're sort of wandering around or, or you've you know, set it for a time frame that was beyond what you had intended, something like that. 
um, there is also um, some privacy concerns related to uh, what if your spouse or significant other insisted that you have it on? What if your parent insisting that your kids have it on as they're leaving? We can debate those things all, all we like, um, you know, and, and whether that's a whether that's a good or a bad thing. But these are the concerns coming in. And I, I think they're they're very, very legitimate concerns for a, a wide array of, of reasons. Absolutely. And um why would you have this turned on? I can't imagine why Yeah, it's uh it's a it's a real curiosity. I'm not quite sure what they were thinking. I, I think it's one of those things that did make sense in their heads while they were thinking about its launch. And I can see some legitimate applications, right? Like I can picture me you know, when I was tootling around in Italy and, you know, I was in Venice and didn't really kind of know where I was. And wouldn't that have been handy for, you know, Mary to be able to sort of, OK, here's, you know, here's Dave. Let me, you know, track him down now. Um, you know, when and when you're trying to meet up in those sorts of environments, yeah, it, it could actually serve an interesting function if you your fingers don't work and you can't text where you are. Right? So, I mean, there's there's that side as well. Uh, but I think it's it's. I think it's going to lead to a lot of problems, and I think those problems are going to be pretty legitimate. Um, and I think it's a pretty big sacrifice of, of a lot of privacies for a lot of people um, who may be pressured into using it when perhaps they don't actually want to. All right, folks. Well, in light of some technical difficulties for which we uh, we sincerely apologize for, we're going to cut the show uh, just a couple minutes short today. We're going to come back. We'll be tabling a bunch of these stories for next week. Because uh, there's still a lot to talk about. Hopefully, not too much happens over the next seven days, so that we can get back to some of these. But uh, wishing you a, a good week ahead. Look forward to chatting with you next week. This is Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. Jim Hedger from Digital Always Radio. You're on Cranberry.fm. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited 